LaMelo Ball speaks to the media for the first time after signing his rookie max extension. And Mitch Kupchak thinks this team might be a playoff team. We'll discuss <laughs> that today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. As always, we're free. We're available anywhere you get your podcast. That includes YouTube. You can see Doug smiling. You can hear him laughing. That's Doug Branson, where you can find his <laughs> written work on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. You can find me on the radio, WFNZ, every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. We can get into Mitch Kupchak's comments in just a little bit. Hold your horses, Doug, because we okay. have Lamelo's comments to dissect. <laughs> not a lot to get to, really, to be honest with you, with Lamelo, as you might expect. Not necessarily a man of a ton of words anytime that he speaks to the media. Full house, though, I'll tell you that. Uh, they did not have Zoom access to this. They wanted you there in person. And a lot of people showed up to the Spectrum Center. Anytime you bring out the big guns, LaMelo Ball was right outside the team store. Mitch Kupchak was there, too. And there really wasn't an empty seat in the media availability, the section that everybody was sitting. There was a lot of people there to hear LaMelo Ball and Mitch Kupchak speak once again the second day in a row after he sat with Miles Bridges just yesterday. Here's LaMelo's first comment we can go over here, Doug. He said about his injury history, it was definitely frustrating going through that injury, but I'm motivated to get back on the court and do what I love. The doctor said I'm 100%, so I'm on the court now, taking baby steps, just getting everything back to where it was and tune everything up. He also said it really wasn't a hard decision to the uh, decision to sign this $200 million contract. <laughs> Not a lot of thought went into it coming back to the Charlotte Hornets. What do you make of a couple of those comments we mentioned? Uh, well, I'm not sure that there are many decisions in my own life that would be terribly difficult if you slid a suitcase full of $200 million in front of me. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I could cook up a few. I mean, I have a baby, so, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's some things involving my family uh, that I would decide, uh, you know, against taking $200 million. Yeah, I mean, so, we don't have to explore that. Now, he did you know, go into some things about how he likes living life in Charlotte. And I think that's all well and good. But look, this was a rookie max extension. We've said all along that players just simply don't turn down that first extension. It's it's too much money. And and the, the opportunities to make that money, you just never know if you're going to get those again. So you have to strike while the iron's hot. And the Hornets, for their part, they offered it to him. Uh, they they didn't fool around with this contract. They got it done. And this is this. Uh, there were a lot of people there because this is a momentous thing. The Hornets signing a rookie to a max contract. It's the first time they've done it, and uh, they they just haven't had this kind of success. A player that has an All Star uh, you know bid under his belt, but also has legitimate All NBA level talent. Um, you know if he if he fully realizes it. And so th those don't come along very often, and it's an exciting day in, in Hornets history. Yeah, I completely agree with the last point. Great dismount. Exactly the point I wanted to make, because this is a momentous moment. Like, you are talking about what LaMelo Ball did, it being the first time that this has happened in franchise history. So many times when you try to evaluate who the best Hornets in franchise history are, when we put together our top 30 
list. Our top gotta 35 do our, We got to do our 35. Yes. Yeah, we still have to do it. Yes. Silly season's coming up, folks. Oh, yeah. Can't, I, can't, I can't wait for Walker Mail to update his top 30 to top 35. That's right. LaMelo Ball is going to be on it. There's no doubt about it. How far up? You'll have to tune in during silly season. <laughs> but when we try to figure out who the best Hornets are, you're talking about a lot of guys that weren't here very long. And so LaMelo Ball has a chance to easily really, Doug, like with all respect to Kimball Walker, who kept the lights on, who was a multi-time all-star with this franchise, mm -hmm. who is pretty clearly the best Hornet of all time, given longevity and accomplishments. Mm -hmm. LaMelo Ball could pretty easily surpass that mm -hmm. because of this kind of star power he has. There's no question that you get this rookie max extension done. Nobody was questioning it. And so he has a real chance to very quickly, to be honest with you, if he plays here, if he gets two more all-star appearances and he plays here even further beyond that, yeah, you're talking about already like six years into his NBA career as possibly being the best Hornet ever. And the last right. thing I'll say is when he talks about how much he enjoys living in Charlotte, when he talks about how much he likes this city, can't tell me that enough because there's so mm -hmm. much outside noise about how he was going to be the first rookie to ever turn down the rookie max extension because he doesn't like it in Charlotte because he wants to move on to a bigger city because the franchise is a poverty franchise. Keep feeding me mellow. Like keep, <laughs> t keep telling me from yourself spiking the football right now, how much you like the queen city. Well, because it was all outside noise this entire time. So keep feeding that to me. Keep feeding that to the Hornets fan base because there's never been anything from LaMelo or people inside his party that stated that he would like to play elsewhere. And he just continues to confirm that. Well, yeah, you're right. It will be easy for him to achieve that because if the roster stays as it's currently constructed, he is the offense. He he can compile as many stats as he wants to right. because he, he creates all of the points off of assists. He creates a lot of their three-point shooting just via his ability to pull up and knock down from deep where guys just don't simply want to guard him there. Um, so he he is a disruptive force offensively, and he can pile up the stats. And so I don't think he'll have any problem, you know, making all star bids as long as he's healthy. And there is there is a question mark there, but as long as he's healthy, he's going to have no problem doing that. But to reach the All NBA goals, to reach the MVP goals, to do the things that he needs to do in order to get, take that contract from two hundred six to two sixty. You know, there are some things there that involve get that may not be entirely under his control and involves a team around him that can get into the playoffs, make some noise. You know, th those are kinds of things that, you know, get get you into that reputation uh, threshold. So so we'll see what happens. But for his part, you know, he also said where we're at, I feel like we're all growing together. We're in a great position and going the right way now. And this is from Sam Purley on Twitter. Ball adds he's felt a responsibility to help. Uh, the team get back to the playoffs since the day he was drafted, but that role is now heightened following the extension. So here's something that is being hinted at. It's been hinted at by Mitch Kupchak. Now we're hearing it from LaMelo. Now that he's got the, the bag, now that he's got the $200 million contract, now you're going to see more of the leadership responsibility fall onto LaMelo Ball. And I think he's got more of a responsibility to talk about this team in a way where it's his team, where he's analyzing things, where he is expressing what he feels like this team should be doing and shouldn't be doing. We, we haven't heard a ton from the mellow ball in his first couple of seasons. You know, even in the press conference availabilities that we've had, you know, he has not been a man of many words. I will say, Walker, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see any video yet of him speaking, but I thought in this press conference, 
he already started to do that. I felt he was more expressive. Um, he was more thoughtful than I've seen him uh, really in, in the, other than the, the interviews that he's done for magazines where he goes a little bit more in depth. I think he's already started now that he's got the contract out of the way. He's already de decided. All right. Now I'm going to speak a little bit more. I'm going to have my voice heard. And, and this is starting to become, if not already, my team now. Which is something not totally unexpected. Young guys right. that enter the league oftentimes aren't going to have the most words when they speak to anybody. And LaMelo's getting more and more comfortable, I think, with the media. Not that he was terribly uncomfortable with the media before, just didn't have a ton to say. But perhaps we, I mean, look, NBA player, longer you play in the NBA, the more thoughtful you are with your comments, the longer you go. Yeah, it's not totally unexpected to see that. Let's talk more LaMelo coming up next. On the, oh, go ahead. Oh, almost, almost, Doug. You stopped me. Well, what, just, what, uh, well, you okay, are we going to keep talking about LaMelo or are we going to move on to Cup Chat? Because I have one more thing on LaMelo. You want to talk go about LaMelo? You want to talk about LaMelo now? Okay. Yeah, let's Here's the thing. He says, he's, he says he's healthy. He says he's 100%. And he says he's taking baby steps. I think that's good. I'm sure, you know, he's got a great team around him that are like, hey, you know, this is how we kind of recover from this type of injury. But as someone that just had a baby, let me say, you don't want to take baby steps forever. Uh, babies, they don't walk very well. Um, they run into things all the time. They trip, they fall, they cry. So, you know, want to see those baby steps turn into adult steps uh, sooner rather than later by preseason for sure. Don't want to see him taking baby steps out in preseason. That's a recipe for disaster. No, it, it's all about walking pretty fluidly, and I'm glad you interrupted me for that. It was a really important point. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Mitch Kupchak also spoke at LaMelo's press conference, and yeah, I mean, he said some stuff. We'll dissect that in just a little bit. Um, first, I want to give some love to FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can take your first swing at betting on the MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200 worth. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, that's 200 You can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Mitch Kupchak comments coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. Doug is wearing his sunglasses indoors at, as we record, 8.23 a.m. Doug, explain yourself. I am smothered in U.S. soccer. Came down to Charlotte to watch them as national teams. Uh, Jesus, back-to-back -back Hattie. There's your soccer analysis for the day. Uh, but, yeah, you don't want to see these eyeballs. Okay, these eyeballs, these retinas have seen some things, if you will. And, uh, yeah, I'm recovering and I'm doing my best here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, one of our big takeaways on Wesson Walker from this latest press conference, it was from Mitch Kupchak talking about his expectations this year, something that this team could possibly accomplish. Mitch Kupchak said this, Doug, quote, I think we can be a playoff team this year. I think the talent is in the system. I don't think there's a major area that needs to be addressed. He did mention ball handling veteran point guard, though, as a possible position of interest. 
What say you on Mitch Kupchak's comment about them being a playoff team? He thinks they have the talent in-house. I like positive attitude. Yeah. I like positive outlook. I like, you know, an organization that feels like they can achieve the playoffs every single season. That should be the goal. But when it's not backed up by actions that would indicate that you are adding the talent necessary to improve not over last season, Walker, because we understand the context that was last season, that this was not a team that if they were fully healthy was that bad, right, record-wise. So, But they also, I think you and I recognize that even if they were fully healthy, that they were not good enough to make the playoffs. Now, you do add Miles Bridges, who was a leading scorer a, a couple of years ago, but he hasn't played basketball in, in over a year. So what does that mean? We don't know. But this team has not aggressively gone out. This organization has not aggressively gone out and tried to make this team better. And what they've hoped for, which is what they've hoped for during the entire tenure of Mitch Kupchak, is that internal improvement would eventually lift them into playoff success. They've been to play-ins. They've gotten blown out. They have no experience in the playoffs. The first time they make the playoffs, it'll be all new territory for them. So I, no, I don't, I don't expect this to be a playoff team. And, and I wish that the actions of this organization would match their positive attitude. Yeah, look. The, it's fine to think that your playoff, that your team is a playoff team. That's great. But you're right, Doug. This Plus, this is the second time where he's made us raise an eyebrow at what he thinks of the talent with, within the roster. Like, that we could do nothing and just get better by going into next year. So, a couple things to note. Because everybody's going to point to last year and say the injuries, they were too much to overcome. 100%. Last year is not an accurate representation of what this team could accomplish if everybody was healthy. No doubt about that. So let's go back two years ago, which was a lot better representation of what this team could accomplish. A lot mm -hmm. better. Not perfect, but better. They won 43 games. Mm -hmm. They got to the play-in tournament. Mm -hmm. They got destroyed. The mm -hmm. second straight year in the play-in tournament. Mm -hmm. That was a younger Gordon Hayward. That was Miles Bridges before there was this over-year-long hiatus. Mm -hmm. That was a healthy LaMelo Ball, who you could see absolutely get better. You hope he gets better this year, that's for sure. But also, you had a Kelly Oubre, who helped you, especially in the first half of that season. Second half, tailed off. Offensively, first half was absolutely nuts. Kelly Oubre probably not coming back. You also are not going to be, who knows about P.J. Washington, P.J. Washington, that was his best year in a role better suited for him. Very efficient defensively. That was probably his best defensive season. And then you're also talking about Jalen McDaniels, who did play a part, was a part of the rotation. You traded him, so he's not here. I guess my point is now you have an older Gordon Hayward. You're hoping LaMelo can get better. You're hoping Miles can just pick up where he left off. Who knows about Terry Rozier coming off his worst shooting season. You do have Mark Williams. That's a big deal. And I guess you're hoping Brandon Miller can make an immediate impact. At the best, to me, you're probably talking about an even scale there, Doug, because you didn't get any outside help beyond Brandon Miller and Mark Williams, you're hoping, making a big impact. It's just hard for me to expect that the Hornets will either get a top six seed or win enough games in the play-in tournament in order to get a top eight seed at the end. Absolutely. Let me just sum up what you said there. This team 
doesn't have enough talent to make the playoffs. And maybe now maybe just based on prior evidence. So what you're really saying is you're expecting multiple players to show you something that you have yet to see. And we can't even fully factor PJ Washington into this equation yet because, you know, he may leave on on some kind of sign and trade deal if he doesn't sign the qualifying offer or they don't come to some longer term agreement. So we can't even make that part of this calculation by Mitch Kupchak. Um, I absolutely agree with you. And, and I'll also say this, that even if they were to get to the playoffs as the team is currently constructed, I'm just I'm very unsure what that would even mean. I, I think it, it might mean a, a four game sweep in the first round because I don't know that this team has added the things that you would need to add in terms of uh, defensive intensity in the backcourt, in terms of shot makers, uh, difficult shot makers. If Gordon Hayward stays healthy, maybe that maybe that is the change in calculus from some of those play in blowouts and uh, you know the previous year. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that are still missing. And this is, I mean, how many times can you be sold on this, that this is a playoff team? How many times can you, how many times can Mitch Kupchak say that it not manifest itself and this front office continue to be constructed as it's constructed? That would be my question. Well, and I also don't want to paint this picture of 100% expected doom and gloom because yeah, like it's, it's it's possible Lamelo could become an All NBA player next year and completely change the calculus because one player's impact can mean that much. We've already seen his impact offensively when he's on the floor and when he's not. It is a completely different team. So you're hoping he plays 60 games. You're hoping that he actually plays the 65 game minimum that allows him to collect some of these accolades that could potentially be coming his way, like All NBA, like you know, hopefully MVP one day, right? But let's get to all NBA first. So you're hoping that LaMelo can play all of that and Mark Williams becomes, you know, an amazing defensive center that is a true stalwart on any good defensive team. That could happen. But then, you again, it's all about balancing the scale, right? Not everybody, you, you can't expect for everybody to do something that hasn't been done yet and just hit on the positive side of things. All right, well, Terry's going to get back to shooting 40%, no problem, and Gordon Hayward's going to be healthier, no problem. And it's just hard to go in as a plan and expect all of that to happen and take care of itself. If it does, great, you're a playoff team. But, man, I'm not going to put money on all that happening, on 50-50 things taking place. Well, no, you shouldn't. Uh, that's yeah. my one rule. Don't bet on the Charlotte Hornets. But because you'll lose money. But that's how it happened in 2016, Walker. I mean, Kimba had a career year. You got Jeremy Lin on the sort of uh bet uh you know, bet low and and well, on top high of up. doing stuff, but you're right. Yes, like the the, the high well, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but but the right. Hornets tried to do that with DSJ last year and it and it probably would have paid off if everyone would have stayed healthy, maybe not on the level of Jeremy Lin, but that was another example of them do it. That's the only thing that this and this goes back this isn't just a cupjack thing. I mean, this is how this 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 is how this team has operated, uh, really uh, since Michael Jordan took the team over. So this is less a cupjack thing and more of an organizational, uh, you know, priority to say, all right, we're not going to go make big splashes. We're going to find these little opportunities. Uh, but yeah, so but that's how it has to happen. Nick Batum had a career year. Kimba had a career year. That's Jeremy right, Lin, yeah. that was a surprise. That, I mean, Al Jefferson went to the bench yeah. for that playoff series uh, because he was kind of on the down the downslope. So, 
you know, that's uh, and and well, you know, his All NBA year. Uh, that's that's uh, another playoff run for the Bobcats was Al Jefferson's All NBA year. So that's how it has to happen for this franchise mm. because I think they think too small about how they can operate in the off season. Well, and it's funny you bring up the previous regime. I mean, they were totally different. I, I'll say Rich Cho did a lot of stuff, but man, he did a lot of bad moves. Like they called him Trader Cho for a reason, but it's not like he made a ton of trades that benefited. He made some, for instance, that Courtney Lee trade was fantastic. He gave us one of the better moments of the last decade for this team, low bar, but still a very fun moment. Like I'm not going to strip that from its merit because that was a lot of fun, but that's, you know, one of you could speak in the balance in the scales again. We can always go to the Miles Plumley trade and the old contract, bad musical chair contract type of thing. The last thing I'll mention about making the playoffs, Doug, the Eastern Conference, it's not your older brother's Eastern Conference. It might be your dad's Eastern Conference because when the Bulls were supreme and we can remember some of those great days, in the Eastern Conference. But, you know, for the last 20 years, the Western Conference has been better except this year now it's pretty even like think about your top five teams to me are just solid basketball teams that I feel good about Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, New York, top five, feel good about them. Maybe the Knicks are a little polarizing, but whatever Miami was a play in team that made the NBA finals. Then you have the Brooklyn nets who still have guys that are very coveted like cam Johnson and Mikhail bridges. They have some assets to work with. Maybe they want to make a playoff push. You have Chicago that is hell-bent on making the play-in team by continuing on with DeRozan, giving Nikola Vucevic a contract. And then you got, like, Orlando, Indiana, Detroit. Like, those teams are coming. And you have stars from the Western Conference coming over to the Eastern Conference. It's it's a tougher conference than the Eastern Conference used to be. And all of those teams you named, basically all of those teams, were active early and often in free agency, not just adding major pieces, but also adding depth. And when you look across this roster, those are my biggest questions, depth, especially at the point guard position, but even at the center position as well, where you're one injury away from playing, you know, Nick Richards and Kai Jones at your center position, which is not, I, I don't think that's a playoff quality center rotation. So there, you know, there are all of these issues and um, that's why when, Mitch Kupchak says something like, I think we can be a playoff team this year. Everyone rolls their eyes. And it is going to take a Herculean effort. And it's going to take one from LaMelo Ball, the guy that they just, you know, agreed to give $200 million to. He's going to have to have an all-NBA, not a third-team all-NBA. I mean, I think Hmm. he's got to have a second-team all-NBA kind of uh, crazy stat boost uh, year in order to lift this team up to the win total that they're going to need uh, to compete for a playoff spot. And, and I, you know, if it, if it happens, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be riding the ride, baby. We'll be super excited about it. It's just, I don't know how you can bet on that. Look him making all NBA is not out of the question. We see guards have monster jumps. I don't think anybody saw SGA in the MVP conversation last year, but that guy was first team all NBA as much as I loved him. I wouldn't have told you he'd be top five in the MVP race. No doubt about it. This is all very possible with LaMelo and people are going to get mad because of all the negative conversation. Uh, I, I want people to realize this, man. I want you to know that there is no one that would want more positivity surrounding this franchise than Walker Mail and I have to imagine Doug Branson. Like, please, God, would love it. 
but I, you can't ask me to legitimately predict that they're going to make the playoffs because if I'm going to be any kind of genuine, then I can't tell you that I predict that they're going to make the playoffs, even if Mitch Kupchak is telling you that there's a real possibility they will. No, listen, I love yeah. the ship. I love the ship that I'm on. I think it's it's well appointed. <laughs> it's uh, you know beautiful, a beautiful thing, beautiful dining area, nice food. I love the cruise that I'm on, but I don't trust the captain. I don't trust the guy that's at the wheel. There you go. Um, that, I mean, that's really that's that's all I can say at this point. I, I think they have uh, some nice pieces on this roster. I don't think they have enough, but they've got some nice pieces on this roster. But I don't trust the people that are that are at the helm to make this team. Uh, a playoff worthy team and I kind of feel bad for Clifford because here he is once again he's agreed to cut he agreed to come back uh, and and save this franchise from embarrassment that that was the failed coaching uh, you know coaching hire of Kenny Atkinson and here he is once again with it's a it's a it's not show this time it's cup check but it's the same story I'm not going to give you enough ingredients to go and make the thing that you know how to make it you know how to make the stew that is playoff stew but I'm not going to give you all the ingredients it's All right. Uh, once you go third, once you go speaking in third person, you've gone full douchebag. So let's move on to the next <laughs> segment coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. What, me? No, I went third person. That was self that was self-deprecating joke on Walker Mail. Uh, yeah, one more segment to go. We have one other comment to get to from Mitch Kupchak. We'll get to it in just a moment. Locked on Hornets coming up next is locked on hornets this says the hornets received three votes for their handling of james borrego who was viewed as doing a good job the past couple of years before charlotte fired like him, him man. after the season then hire him no one's hired him these gms are like oh we love james borrego are you, it's, are you gonna hire him ah, i don't yeah. think he got blown out twice <laughs> played. you can't hire that guy it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast All right, Doug, we have one more Mitch Kupchak comment to dissect. Just one more. Hold on. If um, I seem exasperated, I, I apologize. Yeah. I need to I need to ramp up the energy. We have a we have an obligation to our Look, our man. listeners, our viewers, to ramp up the energy, to do some entertaining here, to have some fun. Okay. And so I'm just going to level an apology for this episode on my part. I'm not, you know, not, you I'm not speak speaking for, for Walker. I'm not speaking you for can Walker. Speak for me if you want. I'm just saying my, on my part, I feel like this is the 470th time we've done this show. <laughs> this so is a rerun. For all intents and purposes, what you're watching right now, what you're listening to right now, you may not have seen the first episode the first <laughs> time it aired, uh, but this, for all intents and purposes, is a rerun uh, because all the stuff, other than the guy getting the rookie max contract, which is super exciting, I'm yeah. super happy about that. I'm pumped. Lots of energy. Woohoo for that. The first thing else maybe did showcase that a little more. You're yeah, right. Yeah, but the, everything the, the else, first... this is just a rerun. Um, yeah, this is to the point where you know exactly when the laugh track is going to hit because you've seen this 15 times as comfort television in the background. <laughs> you know exactly when everything, you know exactly what I'm about to say right now. So that's how it is. You're totally right about that. Yeah, we, we need some. We, we have done this episode a lot. <laughs> we, All we right, here's another one. We need a shakeup. That's what we oh, need. Man. We do. We do. I need somebody to shake me. Here's what else uh, Mitch Kupchak said. Quote, if we win games and become a winning organization, mm. then you'll see that players will want to be drafted by Charlotte, oh. be traded to Charlotte, and then their free agents, they'll want to come to Charlotte as well. End quote. <laughs> You view this as a chicken or the egg comment and philosophy that the Hornets are running their team by. Why do you say that? 
Well, this again, this is nothing new. This is this is how they've run this organization. Uh, and I, I don't even know if I want to box it into the Cupcheck era. I really do feel like this is a this is something that comes down from the very top, where Michael Jordan has said, "Look, I'm not going to make the full Golden State Warriors." other franchise level luxury tax investment in a team until they win. And what I've always said is, you know, you have to, when you're running any kind of business, small or multi-billion dollar, you have to invest first. You have to take the risk first in order to find success. Success doesn't just happen to you. And especially not a team that doesn't draft well. There have been teams, there have been rare examples of teams like Oklahoma City that have just hit on draft pick after draft pick. And after four, five, six years, when those draft picks become NBA all-star level talent, when it all comes together, then you have a beautiful finals run that doesn't even end in a championship, but at least you got there. But that's not the case with this team. And so when I say chicken or the egg, it's because what comes first? Do you have to make that investment? Do you have to go find those players? Do you have to convince them to come to Charlotte? If you can't convince them, do you have to trade for them and say, look, I know you don't want to be here, uh, but we're going to try to convince you that this is this is the place you should be. I don't think Nick Batum, uh, you know, necessarily wanted to, his ideal was to be in Charlotte, but they sold him. Uh, that this is a place where he could be successful. He fa- he found a little success, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. But that's the model. Kawhi, you know, even even if you don't convince them, look at Toronto. They traded for Kawhi. They got a championship out of it. Kawhi didn't want to stay there. So what? They got a yeah, finals. I mean, they got a championship. Yeah, it's just I, it's ridiculous to me. Well, I, look, I would say the Kawhi Leonard trade was very easy at the time as well. Like you trade DeRozan and Jakob Pertl in a first for Kawhi and Danny Green every day. Right? I, I I agree with you, though, as far as them, the Hornets and the Nick Batum stuff. You know, for me, Doug, when you talk about them not drafting very well, that was 100% true under Rich Cho. I, I think it's I, I don't feel like that's 100% true under Mitch Kupchak, but it does lead me to the draft class that has not hit with James Booknight and Kai Jones, I do think for both of your first round draft picks to not mean anything to your franchise right now on, on a positive note and to go into your third year now and still not provide any impact, man, that's a tough time to miss on both of them, man, because, you know, PJ Washington would go with the same spot really in a redraft. Miles Bridges, unless you wanted to really point to the SGA thing, which is a big one, but yeah. Miles Bridges talent-wise, yeah, Miles Bridges still a talented player. LaMelo clearly could not have been more of the right pick. That was an, a home run. And then you had Book Knight and you had Kai Jones miss. That's a tough one to miss on, man. Like that, you're right about that one draft class at that time. That's pretty brutal. But when all here's the thing, when all of your eggs are in that basket. You know, you are so leveraged towards the draft, then that's where all the risk lies. I think the smart teams understand that, yes, you want to make sure that you're not giving away all of your draft assets and that you can build something long term. But along the way, you can use all of the tools at your disposal, no matter how big or small your market is. You can use all the tools at your disposal to 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 put together at least attempt to put together a winning team and not sit around and wait. Um, And and to me, 
this that that quote right there represents what I think is a a small uh, and an uncreative philosophy that drives the creation of this team, and and I hope when there's a new ownership group. And if they do install a new front office, this front office will come out immediately and tell the fans, here's what we are going to do. We're going to use every tool in our tool belt to fix this thing. And don't, I don't want to hear what we can't do. I'm tired. I am so sick and tired as a fan. And I know many of you are as well of hearing what this team can't do. We want to start hearing what this team can do to get this thing moving in the right right direction and not just hope that like everybody just magically gets better all of a sudden. That'd be great. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know if there's another press conference scheduled. I think that would mean there's I can't take move it. If there made. is, if, if oh, Cupcheck yeah. comes out there again and says anything, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to take it. I'm going to have to take a couple days yeah. off. Cause... Yeah. All right. So, so we won't, even if there is a press conference, we're not going to talk about it. That's uh, that's just not going to happen the rest of this week. We do have one more episode for you, and we appreciate you making us your first listen. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers you for every contest across the league with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Again, catch it wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll give you one more episode for the week tomorrow.